If we can't talk to each other, we're not gonna make it. Sometimes I feel like I, I, I've been on more than I can chew. Most of the time, I work in a glass jar and lead a very uneventful life. A face full of glass hurts like hell when you're in it. That's weird. That glass looks half full to me. Eating glass. Eating glass and staring into the abyss. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? It's kind of part of our culture to eat glass. Hey, get some safety goggles next time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Chewing Glass, the show where we talk to developers building in the Solana ecosystem. Today I have with me Chris Heaney, um, core contributor to Drift Protocol. He is, I would consider um, a Solana OG at this point. Like I think we, it's been like a two plus years since we started shit posting back and forth on Twitter together. Uh, so anyways, Chris, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. How's it going, man? GM, yeah, it's been a while. Um... Being in the Solana eco, happy to be here. Glad I made the cut, and you. Uh, <laughs> well, you've been begging me for a me couple for years. Trolling you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we're ha- we're happy to have you on here. So, um, I think I think everybody on your team at some point reached out to me to ask if you could be on this on an episode. So I'm glad we're finally here doing this thing. Uh, so the way we normally start out the show is really sort of just get to know like, um the Chris before he got into any of this um, Web3, Solana, or any of that stuff. So, like, take us back as far as you need to, whether it was in high school or whether, like, you, like, um, in college. Like, when did you really actually get into just, like, software in general? So I went to WashU in St. Louis, and I actually studied business. Um, I was, like, taking some math classes and whatnot, but... uh, I was doing business, and after my junior year, I had a internship doing management consulting, which is like a big career track for a lot of people. And uh, I did it, and I just like had to wear a suit every day and fly from Boston to Houston like every week. And I was just doing like the most like kind of corporate professional soul, type job, soul sucking. Yeah, soul sucking exactly. <laughs> and I was also like. Just like starting to learn more about entrepreneurship at the same time, I remember I read this book, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel, and he like has these lines where he just like completely fades uh, consulting and iBankers. And I was like, okay, I'm not going (laughs) to do this. So I went back to school my senior year and I just started taking programming classes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to build stuff and like I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I ended up getting a uh, like kind of a product management role at a startup after school and just like uh when i moved out to california and just started doing that job and kept learning to code on the side and um after like a year working there i started working as a full-time software developer nice so when you said you went back to um like to take some classes you were doing that at university or you were like doing some sort of like online stuff or like a, like a boot camp or like how did you how were you actually learning software yeah so first i went back to school for my senior year so instead of like partying and stuff i was just like maxing out my course load like taking the maximum amount of classes just trying to like learn how to program because i hadn't I had, I had never taken any programming classes um so that was doing like, you know, your basic Java 101, 
web development, prototyping, et cetera. And then after I graduated, it was like reading books, like trying to build prototypes, like all the like uh, online courses and stuff. Um, I thought about going and doing like a boot camp, um, but then I just was like, I feel like I know enough that I could get an internship or get a job. So I actually ended up applying for an internship to be a software engineer. And I got the internship and then I told my company I was at, I was going to leave to do the internship. And they're like, you're, you're crazy. Like you can, like, <laughs> we'll let you do it here basically and trial you out. So then I snuck into the software engineering team and then I just like kept hustling. Oh, so you didn't better. leave. So you didn't leave. They they just said like you don't have to do that. You can just where you were doing the corporate stuff. You they let you do this on the engineering team there for an internship. No, okay. So that okay. that internship was my junior year after ah. school. I went to the tech startup, was doing product, and then they let me move over to software engineering at the startup. What kind of what kind of uh, product was it? Um, so we were working on vertical search engines and then, uh, we actually were acquired by Amazon and, um, we started working on Alexa. So we were doing like question and answering kind of knowledge-based AI stuff. Um, yeah. Which so, is super so cool. I knew, this is like 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew that about you whenever you first came around, I think you even had it in your Twitter bio that you were like previously at Amazon, um, trying to like drop the clout, uh, in your, in your bio. So when you got, so you got acquired and like, that's how you started working at Amazon essentially. Yeah. I was at a startup that, uh, got bought by Amazon. So I snuck in there too. <laughs> what sort of, um, coding stuff were you doing while you were, uh, while you were there? Like, like what, like what sort of languages and like what, what sort of stuff are you personally building? Uh, I mean like not the product itself, but the actual sort of like, what were you, what were you doing? Yeah, so it started off, I was, like, working on internal, like, UIs, like, kind of, like, the the least valuable stuff. Um, cause I <laughs> oh, was man, you're going to offend myself. some people. You're going to offend some people uh, who watch this show by saying that. Uh, no, 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 not trying to fade anyone, but basically they're <laughs> giving me internal UI bugs to do. Did that for a while. Then they started giving me, like, UI stuff that, like, actual customers would see. Uh, okay. And then that was all in, like, JavaScript and is actually still using like jQuery, like Ooh, it's like I, some. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar. I, I'm I was a jQuery guy. Yeah, so that was honestly that was hard. And then eventually I started doing more like backend stuff, um, and it was kind of weird because the startup actually used PHP for the backend. So this was like kind of one of those like 2010 startups where they're using like PHP and Ruby. So then I just started writing like backend logic um, and PHP and started adding like to our like quite like the actual question and answering system uh, inside of Alexa. So building like APIs inside of like how answers were generated. And then by the time I left, I was like the engineering lead for um, this internal team that like did a bunch of uh, kind of. Yeah, question and answer APIs. Uh, Amazon's very like microservices, service-oriented architecture. Right. So um, before we get too much further, like did you have any uh, Web2, like after Amazon, was, was there any Web2 stuff that you were doing um, at that point in time? 
Not really. So when I left, I left Amazon, I was like, I wanted to do a startup and I was thinking about like actually pairing up with some of the, my other coworkers for Amazon that were leaving at the same time and doing like a SaaS startup or something with like NLP and AI and just like nothing was really getting me that excited. Although this was like before the, uh, the LLM renaissance. So like I had heard about LLMs, but they weren't as powerful yet. So it just wasn't that exciting. And once I decided not to do that, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I was kind of on a sabbatical, just trying to figure out what to do. And that's when I started diving deeper into crypto and just like learning about the development side of it. So when you were at Amazon or where you're exploring those startups, like were you, were you degening on some crypto? Were you like buying and trading? Like, what did you know about it? Like, like before, like you go from like Amazon to like to exploring some ideas and then thinking about doing some engineering and and uh, and the blockchain space. Like, there has to be a point like that's you were just paying attention. Somebody pointed it out. Like you you were trading or you saw Ethereum and saw smart contracts existed or like what was the what was the whole like for you like the aha moment that hey this is pretty fucking cool i might try some stuff over here yeah so basically i'm like part of the COVID class where i was just enjoying my life doing my thing living like nice california life and then COVID hit and there was just like nothing to do <laughs> um and so then i was like all right like i'm gonna like build a side app with my friend and i think we were gonna we were going to build like a way that people could like bet on who would do more steps in a day or something, something like really dumb. But we were looking into like Stripe APIs and we we're like, holy shit, costs like whatever. They like charge like 3% on every transaction. Like there's no way we can build this app. And yeah. when we <laughs> like learned that about that, we just started like looking into Ethereum and honestly um, started getting into like that kind of was like, okay, we started researching crypto. And at the same time was like the craziness in the stock market. People started freaking out about inflation. So I simultaneously got a uh, Bitcoin build um, a good bit. So kind of on the tech side on Ethereum and then kind of like the intellectual, like uh, I got into all the like the little philosophical rabbit holes with Bitcoin. I remember I your tweets, dude, down when you like see beginning I've of seen COVID. Your, I've seen your philosophical tweets, dude. You try really hard. <laughs> yeah uh no but that's cool so all right did you know what like at the time like before you built a single thing like what what exactly were you like thinking early stage that you wanted to build on chain so like basically that side app that i was talking about just gave up on that once i learned about credit card fees but then looking into ethereum it was like it was like this whole new world um so then that's kind of when I started getting more excited about crypto development because everything was open sourced and like coming from software and then seeing like finance done in a very software developer way, like open and transparent was just like kind of mind blowing. Like I remember when I learned about ERC 20 and I'm like, this is like an interface for money. Like this is like a software interface for money. This is crazy. Um, so just started learning about a lot of Ethereum stuff. And I, I ended up trying to write like a compound liquidator with my friend that was using like flash loans to <laughs> liquidate oh, um, compound like on compounds like the actual like protocol yeah yeah this was probably like 
in the middle of COVID, I was like, okay, we're going to build this compound liquidator and we're going to like print money and we're going to use flash loans to like, uh, liquidate like million dollar size position on the compound. And this was before Flashbots, So like we built it and then we tried to use it in prod and we, and there was like people bidding up Ethereum gas to like thousands of dollars. And we're like, oh, <laughs> we can't, we can't compete here. Did you but that know? was like my first project. Yeah. Did you know, like, this is always the thing. Like, did you know anything about like traditional finance? Like, did, was that like part of your skill set already? Or were you like, you're talking about like doing things on, on, on DeFi, on Ethereum, uh, compound, like, did you know about traditional finance stuff or did you just like sort of research on your own or you just didn't know anything and you decided to try it? Uh, personally, I hadn't done any, like I've never worked in finance, but, um, the friend that I was working with worked for like a HFT company in Chicago and I have some of my best friends worked in finance. So I feel like I knew a lot of the lingo and he also was familiar. And so I just like, I felt like I could pick it up kind of osmosis. Um, but I hadn't worked in HFT or anything. All right. So like, let's now let's sort of transition a little bit to to what happened after that like uh, i mean obviously eventually without getting into where you are now and everything that's been done since then but like what was your sort of like where'd you find out about like solana was it like you're trying to do all this this is not feasible let's try it somewhere else and then you started researching other chains or did you already had you already heard about solana from somebody else like how'd that happen yeah so uh i was i was I had left Amazon and I was doing like my kind of sabbatical. Um, this was like 2021, beginning of 2021. And my friends and I were just like kind of doing the like early bull market, like researching everything that exists uh, type phase. And I think uh, one of my friends came across Solana and they're like, this is crazy. Like it's, you know, saying I can do 50K TPS. Uh, like you should look into this. And then... um. Honestly, I just listened to like some podcasts with Tolly and like just started like kind of like following people on Twitter, like like some like like Tolly. Was this in this was in twenty twenty though, talk. right? This was like like pre most people knowing about what Solana was. Twenty twenty? Like late twenty twenty or something like that, maybe? It was early twenty twenty one, like probably okay. like February twenty twenty one or something like that. Um start, start of the bull market, good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I somehow started following Totally, started listening to Solana podcasts, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like if you're an engineer and you hear Totally talk about things, you just like get really excited about like the promise of like the SVM architecture. So I started getting Solana pilled then, and then um, still was like messing around with some EV, uh, like Solidity development. And then um, it was like like May 2021, there was a Solana hackathon. I don't remember which one it was. It might've been like the second one. And I just heard about it on Twitter. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to do a project like end to end. And Get like out of the tutorial hell and like just stop experimenting and just like say, I'm going to build this thing and actually fucking build it. Yeah, exactly. The thing with your side projects is like you always are starting and never finishing them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was like, okay, this is a hackathon. I'm just going to do this hackathon. I'm going to submit it and maybe I'll win. Like, I And I was like, maybe I could actually win uh, like a prize or something, right? 
Um, and also it's kind of funny. Like I was still like talking to all my old Amazon coworkers and they th like rust was very like in vogue. Like it was cool to be learning rust. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to like learn rust to do this hackathon. And then worst thing that happens is like, I can like tell my coworkers I learned rust. <laughs> <laughs> so then <laughs> I just like read the rust book and then like built, um, like a prototype of like a binary option protocol on Solana, uh, deployed on DevNet, like Pith had just launched. So I like integrated with Pith and yeah, did it really quick and like finished the hackathon. And then, um, that was like my intro to like Solana development. You lost the hackathon though, right? Just to be clear. I didn't even place like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blame Matt. I... We'll, be, we'll blame Matty Tay for that. Matt Taylor, like, <laughs> why did you not see this? <laughs> Well, I think the issue is I didn't have any like Twitter exposure or anything. I know that's like like half of the half of the thing, but uh, yeah, like uh, it was super cool. And then I think that's when we first started talking. I was like trying to. I kind of remember I was like trying to deploy my thing to DevNet, and then you're like you were uh, still manning the slot of Discord then and uh, helped me. Okay, so after that, you 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 were in like obviously there was no information like the core documentation was sort of just like big massive paragraphs and like didn't really teach you how to build. The core engineers were telling everybody just go read the tests if you want to know how to build on Solana. <laughs> and uh, this was like pre Solana cookbook and like a lot of the like resources that we have today. So like what was um. I guess you were just asking questions in Discord and you just did most of this stuff on your own. Like what what did you use to, like what were your resources for being able to, because Rust is obviously just Rust. That's nothing to do with actually building a protocol on Solana. Yeah, that was a good question. Um, okay, so I think I first, I started with um, Paul X's tutorial. Classic. Um, the classic Bible. I read that. Um, I was super confused, <laughs> but I was going through it and I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Um, and then I was trying to write a native Solana program and I was doing all the annoying, like serialization, deserialization things. And I was like, this is so painful. <laughs> um, and then like, I found out about anchor. I swear it was like anchor 0 0.6 or something or five or four. It was early. Found out about anchor and like anchor had some like example programs and when I found about when I found out about Anchor, it's like okay, this is uh, this is doable. And there is like yeah, some examples, and I was able to piece together how to do simple like send transactions, update the state of your program, etc. Write test. So once I found Anchor, it's kind of like uh, I'm off to the races. Like I can I don't have to do all like a lot of the a lot of the glass chewing was like reduced at least to get started. Um, so. I don't know if I would have made it if Anchor wasn't there. I probably would have given up on that. I mean, I think that's that's the case for for a lot of people. So that was like a, a savior. So shout out to Armani for for just building that. <laughs> just I think he like <laughs> his thing was like he built it for himself um, initially because he was like I don't want to deal with this every single time. So it was it was I don't even know if it was a 10x or 100x like improvement for the experience but I know it was substantial for most people trying to get into Solana. Yeah, just 
I feel like you need to like with Anchor, you could be pretty noobish with Rust to start and get something working. Without Anchor, you have to like kind of know what's going on in Rust. Um, right. So I think uh, it definitely lowers the barrier to getting in the door. And then once you get things working end to end, you can like learn more about all the specifics. All right. So Anchor was your savior. Um, maybe give you some hope. Like let's sort of like what was the next what happened after that for you? Um, I, I know that you guys like like I don't know if there was anything in between like your next hackathon for Solana or like how that all went how that all happened. Yeah, I think um I did that hackathon and like I, I had like a small Twitter. I posted it on Twitter and somehow like it got picked up by like the the Solana ecosystem. A lot of people started retweeting it. And I just was like, between doing the hackathon and just like seeing the reception online, and I just got like super excited. And basically it was so early that because I did that hackathon, a lot of people started reaching out to me on Twitter, like, hey, can you come work with me? Like, I need someone to help build out like smart contracts. And like, <laughs> even though I was like a new I was like, there's no one <laughs> around. So that was, those uh, were the times, man. Like if you just barely knew anything about Solana, like you were in high demand. <laughs> yeah. So it was that time. And, uh, so I did that hackathon and then everyone was reaching out. And then I heard about, um, basically drift was originally called Moe. <laughs> uh, I was about to, <laughs> I was, was about to call <laughs> that out. Like, yeah. Moe finance classic which yeah so <laughs> it was still called away then like we're looking for we need a developer like you know like someone to come help build this thing and uh i reached out to them and you know met the rest of the team and uh Who was it at the time it was it, was, like, it okay. was just D david and cindy it was david cindy and big z was oh yeah uh that was that was it and uh i flew out to new york met them and was like all right was rip. <laughs> so and, did you guys uh, yeah. did you guys submit that to the Moe? Was that submitted to a hackathon, or am I just like mis misremembering? No, no, there was no hackathon. I mean, okay. I did that. I did my own hackathon, and then they were already starting, and then I just joined forces. Yeah, I and, remember. Uh, um, I remember you had reached out, and I got on a call with like all three of you guys sometime when you were like early stage in New York, and you were like looking for more developers. I don't remember if I was actually able to help you find anybody or not, but I I tried at least. I think. No, actually, well, funny. <laughs> uh, you had this list of like developers who had reached out, and I was like, I was just reaching out to all of them, and our and the first UI contributor that we had came from that list. Um, yeah, so I just shout had out no to idea, Luke. I had no idea what I was doing at that time, so I just just kept collecting names of people that like wanted to build on Solana, and I just started passing it around to every team that would come out to me. So I'm glad to hear that that really manual, shitty version of the early days of hiring and Solana actually did something at some point. <laughs> no, that that was crucial, like uh, crucial team member still working on drift so uh yeah when you're early you just you, you just make it up on the fly and it's honestly just grit to get to the next phase right well yeah man so let's let's now that we've sort of like seen this whole journey like let's talk a little bit about drift and like that whole like um just build like 
what is drift and um and what it was like uh and what you had actually built in those early days um with the protocol yeah so drift is um decentralized trading protocol uh features both spot and derivatives trading um at this point it basically aims to be almost a DeFi super app so uh, you can do borrow land, you can trade, there's passive uh, and like trading strategies, active trading strategies you can do. It's kind of like, it's really trying to compete with Binance or Coinbase and put everything on chain. Um, trying to like utilize the fact that Solana so, like supports being able to do everything in one place. Um, yeah, when we first got started, it was way simpler. Uh the first version of the protocol went live was just uh, purely derivatives trading. All it had was market orders. So if you know, like in trading, like that's literally the simplest thing possible. Uh, it only featured one single AMM that you had like people could trade against. Um, it was super simple. And yeah, over the last two years, just have layered on functionality kind of uh, in like concentric circles over time. And now it's like full fl- full featured decks. Um, a lot of users really like it because it kind of has, uh, kind of you can do everything there pretty much now. Well, I know you guys are um, on your v- version two. So, like, what was the what was like the sort of big shift and changes and like features or whatever going? Like, what would you like if you could like con- condense it down? What would you call V one versus V two? Yeah, I would say V two. Um, really focused on risk, safety, um, reliability, and also scalability. So um, for the scalability piece, like first starting working on Solana, don't really, like don't deeply understand how it works. I can get something working, but like in terms of how do I structure the accounts? How do I make sure there's no right locks? All this stuff does not, does not have that. So V2 took a lot of the learnings about how to like write a scalable Solana program and baked it in. And then also just learnings from having a protocol live on mainnet doing lots of volume. Like how do you build a safe, um, how do you build a safe DeFi protocol counting for like volatility, et cetera. Um, that all got baked in. Um, so both from just like pure tech and then also kind of more of the economic um, perspective, just putting in those like learnings from v1 into v2 nice yeah i mean like it sounds at least from what i've seen lately you guys are doing pretty well you guys like uh have a lot of activity going on and um so it's good to see teams stick it out for for so long and and just continue to to build because it's not the case for everybody uh you know there's been a lot of drop off not just on Solana, but on, like on Ethereum, you know, not everybody makes it and, and, and is able to get to the place where you guys have and stick around as long as you have. So there's a huge props for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Um, you definitely always sometimes wonder if, well, there's the one, there's the big fork in your life where you're like, I'm working crypto. And then there's this other fork where you're like, I'm going to learn a lot about Solana. Um, so definitely take some faith, but I think the the good thing about being an insider is you you see things getting better and you can remember what they used to be like. So with Solana, for example, like it's that the, the network itself has gotten way, way better. Um, so even if people outside of the ecosystem 
are like questioning it when you like see how much better it's gotten and how many people are committed to it makes it easy to be confident about like the future yeah i'm sure your job wasn't easy like i always like to be honest about this we had some dark days in 2022 um some very dark days um and fuck all those liquidator bots that tried that just would not let the network like get its traction back but then came the nft bots and like now we're like in such a great place um my anxiety levels have reduced back down to normal levels which are still pretty high anxiety in, in general but um so that's awesome man like yeah that's you like DeFi protocols and everybody at the time was building through a very tumultuous time for like network growth and and all these things so those local fee markets and quick and all those things have it's it's been incredible to see that and i'm sure it's helpful for you guys um to not have to worry too much about that at least as of late um, yeah, it's like night and day, honestly. The yeah. network right now is like at its current demand level for like whatever it can do. It's like just humming. Knock so. on wood, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> knock on wood. We'll see in the bull market of demand like 10x's, but right now it's um yeah. It's it's working, which is really uh you know, kudos to the core team for just like hunkering down and and the validators and, and also and the validators the, and yeah. also like the the protocol developers who are also contributing to to core and all the different people man like it's it does it literally takes a village to make this work this would never have just worked with a small core group of people it just never would have happened yeah it's crazy it's 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 uh it's fun to be a part of it's like um it, it's kind of like a little network state you know there's so yeah. many teams all over the world just helping contributing um, like, um, it's, it's super fun to be a part of even with tops and downs. So moving on from all that, like we, uh, the, the, the sort of last segment of this, I always like to ask a couple questions and one, like, so you've been building on Solana for two plus years now. Um, you've seen, um, you've seen the early days of just complete glass chewing and like there's still some of that for people that are sort of like pushing the boundaries and innovating but there are a lot of tools out there now that are that have added some improvements so with that said like what's what still sucks for you the most about uh building on solana like what's like the most like painful thing that you have to do every day um whenever you're coding that could be improved on and even make a recommendation on how that could be improved if you have any Honestly, I think a lot of it is uh, just kind of like the off-chain piece of like, okay, now that you have users like Drift has whatever in the hundreds of daily active users, but there's a lot of transactions going through. Like Drift right now does about a million transactions a day. Um, just like indexing all that data, making it easily like retrievable for like your average user uh, making sure all the bots off chain have access to like up to date, like on chain state, all that stuff, I think is, um, takes up a lot of, uh, our team's time. And then definitely like trying to prepare for if, you know, Solana DeFi 10 X's and our daily active users go up, like making sure all that scales really, um, seamlessly. So I think it's like more at like the RPC off chain layer of like, getting that next layer of growth or next level of growth is 
what we spend a lot of our time thinking about. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, there's other, everybody's thinking about this. Um, and hopefully, whatever they decide and whatever is designed is open source. So everybody cannot have to hand roll their own shit. Um, because this is, this is one of the, the things like I got one of the things that comes up often is like we've had people talk to us about logging and like how everybody does it and we're like um I think everybody just does it their own way and they just suffer through it and they don't really do much logging like at least in a in a way that it's easily understandable um and if if you do do that you would have to basically build something like from the ground up yourself to be able to track a lot of that yeah I think like if you're just writing like a smart contract really simple like you can, it's not too hard with Anchor. Um, it's really like, yeah, all the stuff off chain to make an end-to-end app. And I think, um, I think there's now there's a lot of projects that like have examples, like how do you do, like listen to, you know, um, logs from a program like Drift, Drift, the way Drift does that is open source and stuff. Um, it's really just like keep making it cheaper and easier and reliable um, which is just like a lot of sweat and tears. And I know like Triton and Helios like are in a working group to make the RPCs better. And a lot of people are working on it, but, um, yeah, that's kind of like the next big thing is just making sure it keeps working as there's way, way more users. What's the, um, what's your guys GitHub reap or what's your guys GitHub, uh, org called just for everybody listening here, because like, we hear a lot about like Drift having a really great open source um, re- um, org. So what's what's the at there or what's the handle? Yeah, so we're uh, Drift-Labs. Um, Protocol V2 is uh, like the main V2 uh, repo and also has like SDK in there. So if you go through the SDK, there's a lot of cool things to learn in there, like listening to logs or doing retry for trans- transaction sending, et cetera. Um, then there's some other repos for that are like integrated with Drift. So if you want to learn how to do like composing between programs, that could be useful. And we're generally always like kind of open sourcing new stuff. Um, so Yeah, that's the interesting part is like a lot of people are still coming into blockchain or Solana or whatever and thinking like, I got to learn Rust. I got to go there from the beginning. And they don't realize that there's like, like, SDKs for DeFi protocols. There's SDKs for payments. There's SDKs for gaming. There's like, you could literally build an entire business on Solana without ever touching a smart contract. Well, you would have to write code that communicated with a smart contract, but not necessarily write one yourself. You could come there, just build with the Drift SDK. And like, that's your introduction to building on blockchain without actually having to do that, like behind the scenes work. Uh, Enough to just like, understand it get a feel for it and then like you can incrementally work your way from there and i think that's just one thing that we don't talk about a lot you don't have to be a smart contract developer to build on blockchain especially solana there's enough abstractions and sdks out there now that you could be you could just use typescript for the rest of your life and still build really cool shit on solana yeah totally i think even a good way to get started is like find projects you like hopefully like drift go into their discord and like we have we have example bots that you can run and like you can, there's example liquidator bot. So similar to how I did the liquidator for compound, um, you can do a liquidator for drift and then you can start learning about how these systems work. Um, and then if you like that, you can keep going layers deeper or you could stay at that level of 
of abstraction. All right. So now we did what what sucks or what's more challenging. But like, so like, what's what what is for you like? What's good about building on Solana? It doesn't necessarily have to be the, on like the the coding side, but it can be. It can be anything. Like what like for you is like the reason you're here, the reason you build on Solana. Like what makes your life like easier? I think actually there's a great developer community um, that uh, Solana has. Uh, there's actually a lot of open source examples that like when I got started, I learned from Serum, I learned from Mango. There's a lot of good open source examples. I think Drift's up there now and there's a lot of other good projects too. So like you can come in and you can kind of read how the top projects are doing things and like learn really fast. Um, and then the discords, people are always friendly. If you go in there and ask questions, like the core contributors will generally always answer your questions, help you out. And then even on Twitter, and it's like very entertaining and a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely really bullish on the Solana like developer ecosystem. And I think, uh, I mean, that's that's a lot of the reason why like Solana's like gonna do well is because people just like people enjoy working together and like building together, which is like uh, obviously upstream of a lot of like good products being built. Yeah, I mean, you're not the first person to say that. It's like, it's just like TLDR, just like came for the tech, stayed for the vibes sort of mentality. And like, it really is like, you, you, you'll you get any of the smartest people um, in this in the Solana ecosystem answering your questions on Twitter if you ask it. Totally will answer your question, but you probably won't understand the answer because I rarely do. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so final, final thing um, here is sort of like, imagine you're this new developer looking to you're like you were web two, like maybe you're interested in web three, like what sort of advice would you give to like either maybe why you would come here or how you would get started or just like general advice to somebody who's like on the, on the sort of edge of being, or just getting already had just gotten started. Like what advice would you give that person for them to sort of really actually take it to the next level or get sort of embedded in, um, in, on, in the Solana ecosystem? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would just try to find a project that you like, um, for whatever re reason, whether you like the product or the contributors, et cetera, and just like go participate in their dev community. Like for Drift, that would be running like a liquidator or one of our keeper bots. Um, and just like learn how to like be a part of that upgrading it maybe you fork it tweak it make it more competitive start learning the tech stack um, and from there like you can kind of pick a lot of directions to go deeper but i think a good way to get started is to like uh have something fun to do you know don't like read docs constantly and like kind of have a lot of information but not feel like you're like in the mix doing things so like find a side like find a project and like contribute to it is a good way to go and then from there it'll open a lot of doors i mean i think that's really good advice like it's number one i think for me has always been just like what are you interested in is it finance is it gaming is it payments like what is your vertical of choice go find that community of people that are building those similar things and join like you said join their discord community just nobody likes sitting around reading docs and building in their own without being able that's the quickest way to just like not complete what you're doing, like working in a silo, you know, like some people do like that. It's not, 
But like having that interaction to like bounce your ideas off people and having people there to answer those questions and like help you along the way. And, and then eventually you'll be able to give that back to somebody else one day, which is like, I think one of the things that you see in Salon a lot, people that get help early on and throughout their sort of journey, eventually will give back. I'll reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, we need somebody to do a workshop for one of these boot camps we're doing. They want to focus on X, Y, and Z. Everybody's always just in the ecosystem is just quick to jump into that and be like, sure, I'm happy to do that. So just the, the willingness to share information, you just got to find your, your, um, like your crew and your vertical and, and just go from there. So I think it's really good advice. Yeah. It's like cliche that like web three is about community, but if you think about it versus like your normal tech company, like how easy it is, is it to go talk to like the lead developers from a web two startup? It's actually like, how would you even talk to them? I think it's hard. Where in Web3, it's like kind of expectation that you can just go hop in Discord and ask some questions and they're going to respond to you. Like, that's super cool that um, you have this direct line of communication and it's encouraged and uh, yeah, make the most out of it. Like, I personally love when people come in the Drift Protocol Discord and they're like, hey, how do I do this? I'm like, okay, let me let me teach you. Like, I love that you're like contributing to this like... Um, this tech stack. So, and I think a lot of people in the web three crypto space, uh, feel similarly. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chris. Well, that's about it for, uh, for the call. Finally got you on here after about two years of, of, um, asking and, uh, I'm glad you reached out to me like recently, um, and reminded me. So, um, great to have you here. Uh, and thanks for joining and, um, I'll check you later, man. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>